okay, so you, uh, what was that? What was I even asking about? Oh, I was asking about like, uh, like your podcast and like kind of kitchen table content type mm. stuff uh, that you make. Okay, yeah. So we, um, Mirror Image, the team ministry that we have at uh, Hopewell, we have um, <clears throat> before the pandemic, we were meeting on Wednesdays, and once the pandemic hit, everything moved to Zoom, and I could tell that weekly Zooms, in addition to you know, the kids staring at a computer screen all day long for school, <laughs> like it got old real fast. So um, we, we started to switch to a different format. So I, I, I made videos, um, little five minute videos with like a nice lesson and, you know, something to make them laugh a little bit and we would alternate. So that's kind of our format format now. So we'll do the video one Wednesday, the next Wednesday we do a Zoom and the next Wednesday it'll be a video that they, you know, watch that we post on our social media outlet so do you feel like do you feel like it's getting through just the same um i think that it's it's a little better it's a little better really i, I think it's a little better because um it gives them something it's just like five minutes instead of an hour on zoom mm-hmm and what they take in in that five minutes, they actually, you know, retain. Yeah. <laughs> so then the following Zoom, we, we normally just touch on what that was and, and you know, answer any questions they have on it and and kind of, you know, forward that discussion. So it I think it I think it's working a lot better. So it, it's interesting to me, uh, you know, coming coming from kind of a, a you know, the the creator background, just the same. And this is very much creator activity, what you're what you're doing it's and it's a very live and, and real thing mm-hmm. uh just as well right it's not digital only it's very much a, a mix of like okay well that we were together in person now we're navigating <laughs> yeah but but the difference between what a million views may look like to somebody who just puts content out for these super large audiences right mm-hmm. but for somebody like yourself that's making content for a very specific very small audience and like if you've got 10 people in your group getting 15 or 20 views feels like a thing. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. And sometimes it's a struggle to get to that, <laughs> to the 10, to the 10 or 15. Uh-huh. But, you know, our, our thought process, and I'm saying our because we have a, I have another thing that we do too, but um, the, the thought process behind that is always just whoever sees it is who's supposed to see it. Mm-hmm. And as long as we're reaching who, it's supposed to see it. We're we're completely fine because it's not for the views. It's it's just you know it's for the the purpose behind it. It's for you know the work. So, um, but the the other thing that we do is um a, it's like a relationship podcast, mm-hmm. and that's what me and my wife do. It's called Until Forever, um, and that uh, we we do the recording and the video and all that too. And that's that's a little more deep, a little more you know intimate. Um, so. Yeah, that's what we're doing. That's that's the play on words right there. The yeah. intimate relationship podcast. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, and that brings us into episode uh, 44. Uh, and I told Corey that I was going to mispronounce his name, just like everybody at some point in time mispronounces his name. Corey Cawthon. That's, there you go. That's not cool. not Carthon. No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I worked very diligently for two weeks to get this, or two weeks, two days, to get this kind of ironed out on my tongue. Uh, an interesting person living in his interesting life. Uh, tied 
deeply into this little old place we call home, Carbondale, yes. Illinois, and kind of part of this impromptu uh, series of District 95 uh, school board candidates, which I hadn't really anticipated doing, but um, you've all been, you've all made yourselves available and are, are interested in this conversation. So thanks for, thanks for being cool and like really <laughs> stoked when I, when I reached out, man. Hey, it's a, it's a pleasure, man. It's an honor to, to be here on this platform and be able to, uh, I guess, express my views. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to be here, man. It's awesome. So, so let's talk about kind of where those views come from to begin with, because this is this is really where where we start the show. And whether whether it's a question that I get to like thirty minutes in or like in the first two minutes, the question is always, "How did you come to be in Carbondale?" And before we started the podcast, you were talking about your grandpa coming here, um, and did you say it was grandpa that was a preacher? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So we got um, my grandfather moved here. Um, I don't, I really don't know if my dad was with him then when he moved here, but, um, he, he moved here to pastor church and, um, faith temple church of God in Christ. Um, it's still, um, on North Marion street, 604 North Marion street. So, um, <clears throat> and that was the church I grew up in. I was born in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, and then my mother and father got married when I think was two, I think I was two mm -hmm. and, um, moved to Carvindale and, uh, moved back to Indianapolis for like a year or two and then moved here to Carverdale to stay. And, and, and I've been here um, ever since, except for a year um, when I got married. My wife and I uh, moved to Chicago for a year and decided that that was not for us. And we moved, we, we moved right back here to Carverdale. That's, so. that's what this place does. And you, you leave and you're like, I'm going to go see what it's like to break out elsewhere. And then you're like, it was real good in Carbondale. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Guess that's yeah. where we're going back to. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, so coming, so coming out of Indianapolis, so that's not that's not too far of a drive to no. like. You got to go back and visit, you know, extended family and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it there, man. Indianapolis is great. Um, it's it's just you know I I don't know what it is about Carbondale. Um, I mean, of course, everyone says it, it, it was amazing, blah, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and now it's going downhill. You know, I, I still I have a lot of hope um, in Carbondale. I really believe Carbondale is an amazing place. Um, I, I believe that it's growing. It's going to get better. Um, <clears throat> I just I love it here, man. I grew up with um and not to get too too deep no this I, is it man this is what okay. we do on this podcast we get deep so go for it however <laughs> however deep you want to go man i grew up if you scroll down my facebook feed i, I always pride myself in my facebook feed because it's very multicultural uh -huh. you know i but my wife on the other hand um what she won't mind me saying is you know she she grew up um on the um, south side of Chicago, mm -hmm. uh, where you know most of her friends, they, they look like her. They're black, you know, much mm -hmm. just. And I have I have a lot of different friends from different backgrounds and different cultures, and I want nothing more but for my children to have that same experience. I think that's an amazing experience, and, and there's not very many places you can go where you can have that experience, and to have it here in Carbondale. I, I just wouldn't trade that. It's an amazing thing. So. It's it's it seems like if it's not every podcast, it's every other podcast. Mm -hmm. I get to go into my little spiel of you don't have to go to the world. The world comes to you. Yeah. That's just what <laughs> this place is. Yep. Like there they exist. Sorry that I have my phone buzz off, man. My my apologies for being, always. It happens. 
screwed. Um, <laughs> the blah, 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 blah. got all got all sidetracked. No, I mean you're 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 talking about like growing up with folks, and I and I like I, I see that I can't. I was driving just through a neighborhood, putting a sign out the other day, and it's just you you look at the people you see the people interact with one another like it's there's still like neighborly activity go going on in carbondale it's mm-hmm. not it's not 100 just walled off and like everybody's in their own little little space even now you know and maybe it was just that it was the first real nice day out of the season <laughs> that like literally <laughs> everyone was like get me out of this house <laughs> it may have something to do with it i don't know yeah you're right you're right you're right i i think um, I don't know. I, I did grow up on the northeast side of town, um, but going to school and seeing, you know, uh, so many different races and, and and colors and backgrounds and 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 creeds, I, I just just, I mean, you can't you can't beat that, man. I, um, and I don't know if we can say names. I ain't gonna say. Yeah, names. I mean, yeah. I, you, I don't I, wanna, here's here's where. It, what I will say to that is that this is this is already kind of become a, a platform in terms of the podcast specifically, mm. right? Where like people are comfortable associating themselves with it. Um, so I, I don't think that naming names is a is an is an out of the box thing. Mm. But also, if you don't feel comfortable doing it, don't feel like obligated to name names, okay. right? But I mean, go, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, you're good, man. I, um, but just you know, like a handful of of like the people I would consider like best friends growing up you know I, there were a couple of black ones um then there was you know a guy who is, is was white and uh pakistani mixed mm-hmm. um and there was you know a, a bunch of just just a lot of <laughs> it's hard to explain it different but people it, man. It's, just yes. that, that's all it is people yes. that, that don't look or sound or necessarily have the the same cultural backgrounds as the folks that they're intermeshing with and creating this like much wider cultural experience absolutely absolutely and i think that's important i think it's important to grow up with that experience uh because a lot of times you run into uh for example a a, a, like a black child if if that black kid grew up around black people all his life and was able to you know be who he is not that he should be someone different when he gets around other people but a lot of times you you if you're if you're not you know if you don't have an open concept of you know everybody don't act like this <laughs> then sometimes you put yourself in the box and you'll be uncomfortable and you mm-hmm. won't know that you know just be yourself and who will, who's going to accept you will accept you and who doesn't you know forget them don't worry about them just yeah. keep it moving but I th- just just having that level of comfort and being able to you know <clears throat> you hear a lot about you know you know black people going into corporate America and they'll mm-hmm. walk into a room and it's just them and uh, just a, a room full of other white people. Mm-hmm. And there's that discomfort that's there, you know. And, and of course, that's, that's natural. But for me, it's, it, it wasn't as strong because I had that experience of being able to grow up around white, black, red, yellow, whatever. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a good thing. Carbondale's great. Well, so. and, and I had, I had never thought about it in this terms until you're kind of discussing, um, you know, having to navigate 
these different environments as, as somebody on the external, right? Like the, the, the one, uh, you know, black person in a board full of white people walking in the door right? that in, in Carbondale, a, a difference is right where, where code switching and adaptation to your surroundings in many other places may be a form of just strictly survival, right? Like I'm, I'm the sole uh, or one of few people of a particular color, of a particular national origin, of a particular religion in a sea of people that are not my same race, are not my same cultural background, are not my same religion. And I have to assimilate fully into them uh, and have to learn how to navigate multiple spaces um, just, by, just by sheer force of it. Uh, in Carbondale, it's almost like that's, that's part of the, part of the, the playfulness of you know getting to engage with folks that don't uh have that same skin color religious background cultural background whatever it may be that like okay what i can go and do here uh is actively come out of my shell and and adapt to somebody's environment but i'm not like forced to be there the entire time and like stay I told myself, I mean, I told you before this podcast, I wasn't going to talk too darn much, but here I am uh, man, talking too much. Corey. It's fine. I'm loving it. <laughs> it's fine, man. I have no issues at all. <laughs> so, so is 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 part of this, um, what kind of has an interest for you, looking at school board as well? Like, is this a, an underlying component of like I want to be part of what influences this continued? Um, that's that's yeah, that's a lot of it. Um, I think. My main uh, driving factor is that I just got tired of sitting around complaining. Like, you know, I, I know a lot of teachers. Um, <clears throat> I, I know um, even my family's full of teachers, yeah. you know, and other, I, I have family members that teach in Chicago, Springfield, different areas. And, you know, you, you sit around and you complain, well, they should be doing this, or why are they doing it that way, or why are the tests like this, or blah, 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 and why should it, you know, you, and you complain and never do anything. You just, you know, you wake up the next morning and everything you complained about is still a complaint. <laughs> like, that's a stressful life to live, to uh -huh. see issues and problems and not do anything about them. So I got to the point to where if if these things are this heavy on me, then I need to put myself in the position to where I can do something about them, at least, at least to get, you know, the issues heard, at least to have a voice for those that, you know, have these issues, but they don't have the platform to express it. Mm -hmm. So um, that was, that's the main driving factor behind me attempting to get on uh, to the school board. Um, I have a very unique perspective uh, with District 95. Uh, being that I was, you know, I, I was, I grew up in District 95, mm -hmm. so I remember, you know, Thomas and, and, you know, Parish School. I remember going there. I remember Lincoln Junior High, which is now, you know, rubble and yeah. uh, police station there. <laughs> but um, I, I remember it. I, I remember going to school and the teachers, and it was crazy seeing, you know, Mr. Moore and Mr. Garth and mm -hmm. uh, just, you know, different teachers that are still there even now. Um, but I have that perspective of growing up in the district and then um, working in the district. I spent some time as an aide uh, at uh, the middle school, uh -huh. um, <clears throat> and I, I made a lot of connections there that, you know, kind of transferred over to a mirror image where a lot of the kids that I ran into there became a part of our um, team ministry at the church. Um, 
So then um, after having that perspective, I also have the perspective of having three children that are in the district. So like I'm I'm completely invested in District 95. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to, to be able to have a seat at the table that has the perspective of growing up in the district, uh, working in the district, mm -hmm. and having children in the district, yeah. I think is very important. So that, that's a that's a it's a blend of commitments yes. with a lot of different perspectives, <laughs> man. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh, how old are, how old are the kids now? Um, okay. And you're like, hold on, let me give me a trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Take your time. Take your time. If we gotta if we gotta if we gotta do if we gotta do a cut, we'll do a cut. <laughs> we'll give you we'll give you the five minutes you need to go look up everybody's birthdays on the phone. <laughs> so my oldest um his was my son Caleb. He's a Thomas. He's in first grade, no second grade, see? And he's seven. <laughs> He'll be eight in April. Uh -huh. Um and then Kirsten is at Parish. She's in uh, kindergarten, and she'll be in first grade. She is six, and oh. she'll be seven in October. And then the baby girl uh, is in preschool, and she is four. Yes, because she just had a birthday on the 22nd, turned four, February 22nd. What, what is it like having the kids with birthdays that are so like that are all – so my kids, I've got two stepkids and my biological son. They're all like two twins and uh, – my son and like everybody's 10. Oh right? man. So like there's, there's that, but like, then there's like the stepping, like uh, the, the step ladder, step stool or whatever you, the, the stairs of like four, six, eight, right? Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, how has that been just watching everybody kind of grow up and pull each other along as they go along? Um, it's, it's fun. I love it. Man. I love my kids like crazy, but you know, there's so many different, you know, angles with that because you want to pass clothes down, you know. Uh, but Caleb and Kirsten, um, they're so similar in size. Mm -hmm. And then he's a boy, so she's not really wearing any of his clothes or anything. <laughs> uh, and then Caitlin, um, she's, which is the baby, they definitely treat her like the baby. But she <laughs> developed a lot faster than they did because huh. she's been running trying to keep up with them. So uh -huh. it's, it's, it's kind of fun. Um, but you know, the, the two older ones, they starting to tag team and get in trouble a lot. So other than that, <laughs> I bet they, they doing something right now. I guarantee it, but they, it's, uh, it's going to be funny. Cause you're going to have the youngest one leapfrog the oldest two mm -hmm. and then start having to <laughs> exactly be the, be the adult in the room as the youngest sibling. <laughs> Yeah, but they they're 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 a handful, but I wouldn't trade them for the world. Yeah. <laughs> they're great. Uh, that's good, man. Yeah, I mean you can only you you got your kids, and that's what you that's what you stick with. It's like I don't want to I don't want somebody else's kids. Yeah. <laughs> my kids. I've 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 made these. No matter no matter how of relation, the fact is I've I've helped to shape the <laughs> the individuals that they are exactly becoming now. <laughs> uh, was there was there a was there was there a lot of this kind of kind of charge of service that came from from growing up in in the uh, you know uh, with with a grandfather who was a preacher? Um, eh, maybe, because um, that that lifestyle was very different. Mm -hmm. um, we were very 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 churched. Like uh -huh. everything revolved around the church. Um, you know, you get out of school and. There's something going on at church. Our weekly church schedule growing up, 
Uh, Monday night was youth night. Tuesday night was like a, another church service, evangelistic night, I think they called mm -hmm. it. Um, and then there was a Friday night service, and then Saturday choir rehearsal, and then Sunday, um, Sunday school, Sunday morning, then the Sunday morning service, and then there was normally a program or something we had to travel to, and mm -hmm. then we had a 6 o'clock Sunday uh, Bible study, and then a Sunday night service that started at 7. So we we very we very much were churched. Like it, that was really everything. Uh, but as as I got older, I don't know, man, I just, I have such a huge heart uh, for for children and, you know, especially um, teenagers that, that middle school to, to you know, freshman, sophomore mm -hmm. age. Um, and it's, it's more so uh, direction, like making sure that they're going in the right di direction, making sure that they understand that there's nothing they can't do, understanding that, um, you know, the sky's the limit, man. Like you, and, oh, and <laughs> because this was this was one big major point um, in my life, because we were so churched, um, my my brain never said what do I want to do outside of church. Uh -huh. It was always something about church. So I, huh. I, I'm a musician, okay. um, and you know we I taught our choir, you know, growing up or whatever. And that 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 was normally the, the mindset. So, you know, I spent a lot of time, I don't want to say wasted, but I spent a lot of time just focusing on church stuff and not and it didn't, you know, it didn't translate to real world activities like, okay, so we're gonna do for a job now. What you gonna do? So, you know, I, I just I spent a lot of time goofing off in high school. Um my classmates will tell you I was definitely a class clown. <laughs> I, it was more important for me to make people laugh than it was to make sure I got good grades. So when, soft, when senior year hit and I, I watched those same friends get to goof off, you know, mm -hmm. the you know, they'll go to OJT or something for the back end of the day or just spinning in the learning center because yeah. they got all their credits already. When I had to go to summer school to make sure I passed government, or I wouldn't have been able to, <laughs> to, you know, to walk in May. My mom would tell you she was nervous sending out invitations because she wasn't sure if I was going <laughs> to make it. So when it comes to, you know, kids, especially when I see them going down a, a path that, to where they're making decisions that aren't going to steer them in the right direction and uh -huh. make sure that they have their grades and stuff, I remind them of that. I don't mind sharing with them. Bro, I probably flunked algebra two or three times yeah. <laughs> like I don't mind sharing that with them because you know I think kids need to see that adults don't the adults aren't perfect number one yeah and they don't expect them to be perfect but we do expect you to have some sort of direction we expect you to try we expect you to 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 understand that um you have a life after your classroom experience mm -hmm. and what you do now is going to determine how far you know you could potentially go so um that's that's my drive man it's just to make sure that kids uh, are, are not only placed in the position to succeed but that they know their role in their success and that they're making sure that they're focused on it do you feel like the vulnerability helps move the conversation oh oh yeah oh yeah absolutely even with my own kids you know i i don't you know my son um <clears throat> you know of course I grew up where if they bad, you you beat they behinds. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> spare the rod, spoil the child. Belt's coming right out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I try to I try to do with my kids, man, is 
you know, I, I understand you were angry. I get angry too. And anger makes me, you know, uh, I get mad. Um, I recently told Caleb, if he gets mad, grab your pillow and just scream in your pillow. It's fine to express your, your anger, yeah. but you'll get in trouble if you express that anger the wrong way. Yeah. So, you know, I just, stuff like that. And then telling him how, you know, I, I expressed it wrong one time. I punched the door and put a hole in the door. <laughs> then I got in trouble because yeah. I put a hole in the door, you know. <laughs> so then he sees, okay, so it's okay for me to feel this emotion. I'm not in trouble because I'm mad. Yeah. I'm in trouble because of something I did. So now the to, to the response, you know, for what I did, me being angry, I just have to deal with this anger appropriately. Yeah. So that's that's what I try to do with my kids, so. Well, and that feels like a very appropriate uh, application. You you would use the you know the uh, the example of of failing the algebra class, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, teach people. You're allowed to fail. Yes. You're allowed to fail multiple times, <laughs> right? What you're not allowed to do is just walk away. Right. 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 From something that is that is you know Im important in this case right there there are things that you're allowed to walk away from in general that may be bad or or problematic or what have you but like you you can't just walk away from basic knowledge that you need to know and understand absolutely, absolutely. man that's that's just that's a that's a cool that's a cool feeling and to ju to just like think about yeah being being able to to tell so it's like no, it's not. It's not the. It's not the one-time failing of the algebra class that's doing this. It's, mm -hmm. it's literally if you give up on the whole thing because of that. That's the character. I mean, that's would you? It, character sounds like what you're more instilling than anything. Oh my goodness, character is very important. It's very important, and I don't. You know, I think that's another thing. You know, my District ninety five. You know. <laughs> uh, promoting myself for yeah. but <clears throat> i think that's another thing that um, a lot of teachers have to realize is in the classroom um, that character building is important yeah um what what i what i don't want and i don't think there's a lot of teachers out here doing this but what i don't want is teachers that are teaching for the paycheck yeah you know they go there they here's your homework get it done or don't. I don't care if you do it or not. I'm just gonna put it down as an F, and then you know going about their business. Uh -huh. And I just, you know, I, I, I want teachers in the district that, um, that love our kids and that love them enough to to go the extra mile. You know, to to make sure that they understand that their character uh, says a lot about their lives, mm -hmm. and that every single day you're building on what is your character. Every single day, the, the way you approach the day, uh, the way you're perceived at approaching your day, the decisions you decide to make, all of that is adding to your character. So, mm -hmm. absolutely. Now, and that's, I, we're, we've been lucky to have, you know, the, the all of the instructors that the twins have had at uh, District 95 in the uh, three years now mm -hmm. that they've gone. Watch me get in trouble for not knowing dates now, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna both tread this water. Uh, <laughs> but I mean that's that's it. I mean just just yesterday, uh, Miss Miss Op, the the twins teacher. Now she took the she she had just a little outdoor get together for a handful of her students to be like, listen, you know we're we're still 
we're just as close in person as we've ever been, you know, apart from one another. Like just you're you still you still got to be, you know, social. Yes. And in it with these with with your with your fellow students, like have peers, like having peers and building character off of interaction with your peers is is not an easy thing to like ask teachers to try and build out in this time but they're very doing true. it whether yeah. they're being asked to or not very true yes <laughs> yes but um oh boy all this trouble we getting into today what's my son's teacher's name <laughs> oh man i cannot think of her name hey just say my son's teacher my right? son's teacher is <laughs> amazing she um and and uh, my son caleb he just started going back um we we elected for our kids to to go back in person uh-huh. after um, after the break, and she said, "Well, Caleb can come back, you know, now if he wants." So, the um, last week was his first week back in the classroom, and Purcell, whew, uh-huh. I knew it would come to me, Mrs. Purcell, <laughs> she she's an amazing teacher. Um, just and I've I've watched you know over the computer how she has connected with my son. Yeah. And how he can tell that she cares. Uh, yeah. He can tell that she's there for him, you know, and just how welcoming she, because he's very, very, very shy, which is weird because my my other daughter, the one under him, is extremely outgoing. Like they're polar opposites. Mm-hmm. So he, I, I was very concerned about him going back because, you know, it's a new school for one. This is his first year at Thomas. Yeah. And, you know, a new environment, new teacher never been in the classroom uh, or hasn't been since you know man march of last year yeah so now we have to it's like you know these jitters the new school jitters and all mm-hmm. that when i tell you she made it so smooth and comfortable for him like i i commend mrs purcell she's a great great teacher great teacher what uh just making the decision to to go back in person did you did you did you have a tough time as, um, you know, as husband and wife kind of making this decision? Yes. Or was it one of those things that it felt like, you know, this is what's right for our kids and it just kind of rolled right out? No, absolutely. No. We were back and forth at least 12 or 13 times. Right, yeah. like it's, you know, do, do, do we risk it and send them back or do we just keep them here? And I mean, and there was different things that helped, you know, make that decision. My, my mother, who is absolutely amazing, um, has been um, the teacher, yeah. I guess, because my wife and I, we, we both work. So yeah. uh, she's been the one that's making sure that those schedules are kept and they're on the computer and they're supposed to be and they're you know, keeping up with them, making them do the work. And mm-hmm. it's very hard for a kid to, you know, uh, this is the house. This is where I play. It's yeah. where I hang out. Like, why do I have to sit here and be still and pay attention? Like, I don't want to do that right now. Yeah. So she's had to struggle with that for so long. And I can tell she's getting to the point to where she's like, okay, y'all can take them on and sit in the school. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure if, if it took another three years, I'm sure she would do it for another three years. But that, that played a, a role in it. And then also it's just the, the social thing. Um, and, and I've, I've, I, I need for them to be able to be around other kids. Yeah. Um, of course, safely. We want it to be done safely. Yeah. So we spend a lot of time talking to them about masks, 
They've got a drawer full of masks that we keep them. So they know to keep them on and know how to wear them and they know not to take them off. And so, you know, we're just we're just going to trust that they're going to make the right decisions and that the teachers are going to keep them safe. So it's I love that you touched on, uh, you know, your did you say it was your mom or your your my mom? Okay, your mom. So uh, Kathy and I talked a little bit couple days ago on just what it is to be you know a, a grandparent in this time and like the importance of grandparents not just not just for her being a grandparent but the importance of of her parents as grandparents when she had uh her kids and uh you know now that they're her kids are grown and have kids and her importance as a grand as a grandparent and you're on the same the same side of this coin man yep. just like understanding that it's the world we live in, and without without having grandparents in some way, shape, or form, this would be very, very difficult to manage. Yes, yes. And Kathy Field is awesome, by the way. Um, <laughs> we uh, we grew up. Uh, well, we spent a couple of years. I couldn't tell you how long we well, lived you're, there. You're Claire's age, right? Um, I'm a little older than Claire. Just a little bit older. I'm a little Claire. older I'm than get Claire. Get beat up for even thinking that Claire's near 39. That yeah. <laughs> you gonna get in trouble for real? That's back but, to back on the podcast. I'm really gonna get yelled at next time. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. But well, we lived we lived next door to them for a while, uh, and you didn't think of it then because we were just kids, but. You know, my sister and I, we would we would run next door, knock on the door, and ask if Claire and Katie could come out and play. You yeah. know, and we would go in their backyard. We'd go in our backyard. We, uh, they had some games on Nintendo that I didn't have, so I got to go in there and play <laughs> the Nintendo. And you know, but but thinking back, like wow, I'm, so here's this little black boy playing with with two little white girls, yeah. and nobody has a problem with it. Yep. So it cat when when. Everything Kathy says is like she means it from her heart. She is an amazing individual. Yeah. She really is. Yep. No, I mean, and that's that's another part of just living in this community. That exactly. people that say stuff like this aren't just running around saying stuff like this because it's the it's the sociable thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the it's not it's not in vogue just to be anti-racist in Carbondale. It's exactly. like there's a reason why we are like this because <laughs> we understand that the problems that have persisted when we haven't been actively like this mm-hmm. and we're going to deal with them by just turning the turning the knob up. <laughs> I don't even know how to best how to best make an analogy out of that. But oh, that's so cool. Right. And then to, to grow up. Right. And then you start to contextualize these people that you've known as as a figure and they've come from this figure as, you know, oh, it's Claire and Katie's mom. And now it's, oh, this is Kathy that I know. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's great. It it just it speaks to her character. Um. And then at the same time, it also it also goes to show that um, racism is learned behavior. Yeah, um, being prejudiced, all that it's it's learned behavior. And if you if you raise your children the right way, <laughs> and that's a part of schools is if if we do this right, we, we don't have to have another storm of the capital. You know, <laughs> if if we do it the right way. 
it's it's the long game. It's how you get rid of the hate in the world. Yeah. Is everybody doing their part, playing the long game and doing it, doing it their way. So. And it's, and then it becomes wild to think that, if it's learned behavior, out, it's learned behavior in. Yes. And it means that there are still people, teaching that into. Next generations. Absolutely. That's wild. Absolutely. Ugh. Hmm. <laughs> um, do you have Do you have anybody else that kind of sticks out in your mind that, as you've grown up and you've become an adult yourself, and now you're doing things that like put you on display as an adult, where you're like, "Oh, this person used to be a figure, and now I'm actually level level with them," and that's now there's now there's a person relationship i don't know um not not that i can not that i can think of and that was a, that was a real specific question so it's yeah. reasonable to not like just not have an answer for something that's like hey do you have this like laser focused answer to this question that's just an interesting relationship to the discussion that we were just having no that's i want to have an answer so bad I can't, I can't it'll come around it. man we'll talk for another 20 minutes you'll be like oh my gosh this person sticks out of my mind as like that that fit uh, how uh, uh well i'm just I'm, I'm running through my mind this is i don't usually get caught up on on having to think through well what did i what am i what am I missing? Where am I going? You, you're, there's there in in a little bit of, of what you say, it feels like there is a lot of a person mm. in there. If that makes sense, it like does. You, you, <laughs> it does. I I get what you're saying. I get uh, what you're saying. Where'd you, where'd you get the class clown components from? Where'd you get kind of the 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 jokester side? I have no clue. I I think my whole family's just goofy like that. Man, <laughs> we. Uh, <laughs> My cousin Anthony and I, we used to, um, we used to, while the preaching was going on, you know, when we should have been paying attention, we would uh, sneak out to like the, the, um, like the foyer type area, uh -huh. and we would play a game called Make Me Laugh, and <laughs> we would literally, you know, all right, it's your turn, and I would sit there and put all this pressure on him to to make me laugh, so like he would have to come up with something. And he was always amazing at it. I I was terrible. Like, and it's my turn. And he's either that or he was really good at, at doing his best to not laugh. I'm gonna uh -huh. have to ask him that. But like, we grew up playing that. And it's I don't know. It's we just and, and to this day we crack each other up. He's so I I just I don't know. I think um, I think I, I use humor a lot to deal with with life. You know, yeah. um, so. I think maybe that's where it came from, but I was a I was a I was a jokester. I like to, I and I, I do think a lot of it too was acceptance. Um, my dad and I we didn't have the best relationship. Mm -hmm. He was very hardcore. Um, and he died when I was fifteen, oh, um, but he um, and he he was there. I don't want to put the impression that. He wasn't a good father because he he worked. He was a city employee. He worked very hard. He put food on the table. Uh, he was at home every night. You know he wasn't you know a, a mean 
person or whatever, but he was just a very stern, hard individual. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, I would look around and see all these father-son relationships, you know, where, you know, come here, son, let's play catch in the yard, uh -huh. you know, that kind of <laughs> stuff. But we, we, didn't, we didn't have that dynamic. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I always, you know, when the, the night that he had his stroke, he had a stroke okay. um, and died um, after being in the hospital for a week. Um, but the, the night before he had a stroke, um, he had told me, you know, come on, get in the car. We're going to the movie store. And he, he was trying to drop off a movie. Uh -huh. And I don't know, I was playing Sega Genesis or something. I didn't want to go. Uh, so I sat in the car with an attitude that entire time. And, you know, he, he I guess he could tell I had attitude. He didn't say much to me. Um, we got back to the house, and that was the last time I saw him alive. So that um, that weighed on me a lot. And I think it also created this need for acceptance mm -hmm. or um this need for um for um what's the word i'm looking for i guess to to be liked yeah to be liked so uh that definitely translated in school to where i you know if they're laughing at me they like me you know what i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and, and then it, it just turned into whenever i do stuff um i would i would do it and seek approval like you know i drew a picture here what do you think about it so you think i could do better what do you want me to you know mm -hmm. and i mean even even today like i'm a preacher so when i preach i'll ask my pastor hey critique it tell me what tell me what you thought where can mm -hmm. i improve you know and i tell myself it's because i want to be better which it is but there's a part of me that's like where's the acceptance yeah. but then there's also that part of me that um I, I don't, it's not, I don't think I have low self-esteem, but it's very difficult for me to put myself out there too. Mm -hmm. So like this whole campaign thing has been the craziest experience ever. I have never, like to see my name on the sign is just weird. Yeah. For me to go to, hey, vote for me, vote for me. And I'm in my head, I'm thinking, why Why should they vote for me though? Like, <laughs> you know, so it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's kind of, it's, it's kind of a struggle to put myself out there, even though I know I'm the person that needs to be voted for because of how strongly I feel about, mm -hmm. you know, the the children and being able to, to, to put them in the position to succeed. It's still always been hard to kind of push myself. So, yeah. You, you should never feel comfortable in asking somebody for the power of their vote. That's good. Because the moment that you start to feel comfortable mm -hmm. asking somebody for that much power, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if it's president of the United States or school board, that wow. your comfort level with either having or seeking power is too complacent and you should not be in power. That is I had that conversation good. with somebody a couple weeks ago. Wow. That is very good. Um, and it, and it's, and it's reasonable. And what's what's cool in this instance is right. You've you've developed some of the coping mechanisms to help navigate that feeling because mm -hmm. it's it's not an easy feeling to like just take from the middle of your neck and just push down into your stomach <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and try and keep it there. Um, man, how how long? So I've I've got a good friend whose father passed away when he was in his late teens. Mm -hmm. um, as well. And it, and it had a pretty profound impact on him. Uh, I mean, to, to this point, because he still has to work to take care of, um, you know, the, the family in a certain way, uh, but also just feeling like, 
you know, it was at a, at a pivotal point in his life where he missed some things. Do you feel like there are, there are, there was a, there was a period of time following his death that it was really tough to kind of get just life to be where you wanted it to be, however you wanted it to be? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think, um, I think his death affects me in sections, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at first, uh, when it first happened, um, I cried when I found out. I cried at the funeral, and that was it. Yeah. I would, I, I wouldn't allow myself to to think about it. So I kind of treated it like it didn't happen; it wasn't real, mm-hmm. and now I need to be a, a big guy, a big, big boy and yeah. and try to be the man of the house or whatnot. Um, and then later on, uh, when I started having children and stuff, um, I have, I have an older daughter, um, before I got married, she's, um, she'll be 19 at the yeah. end of the month. So, um, you know, when, when, when she came into the picture and, um, and of course the children with my wife, um, then it, it, it hit me then because, you know, they they will never know their grandfather. Mm-hmm. And then there's that part of me that, that just knows he wouldn't be so stern and hard with these kids. So maybe I would get to see that side of him now, mm-hmm. the, you know, the big teddy bear guy that yeah. <laughs> that I know, I know what's in there. So maybe, <laughs> maybe my kids can pull it out of him, you know, uh-huh. so I... I, I, you know, to, to know that I never will get to see that, um, that part started affecting me too. So, um, it's just, it's just in sections when, when you hit milestones, you know, um, it, it, it affected me then. Uh, but I don't, I really don't think it affects me any other way. I think it's just kind of in sections like that. Well, and, and I feel like it's, it's a, there's a lot of, positive that has come out of it because you've you've drawn on what you know are parts of his character mm-hmm. that he may not have directed at you as his son right who ultimately i i think you would have done a lot of what he's wanted you to do in terms of like you know go out there and, and achieve and and pursue and like you know always having that voice in the back of your head like keeping you going but then like now just as well in that you're able to take the soft parts of, of him and the, in the, in the parts that are built around, you know, care and love and share that with a number of yes. young people from a, from a fatherly perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that, that seems like that ties all in together. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, it sounds good, man. I like it. <laughs> uh, so you get to share that with, with young folks. I mean, but, when you know as as you've worked if you as you've worked in in the school and worked through ministry and and engaged um you know youth is that is that kind of the 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 mindset to it like here's here's not just my role as as a as a person as another adult but here's like where i could bring in a fatherly attitude to this mm-hmm. yeah it it is um it is, and 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 not not to, you know, be, because you can't be a father to a child who doesn't have a father. But um, you you can be a positive male influence in yeah. their lives, uh, and I 
I, you know, I kind of, <clears throat> I keep that in mind when dealing with our young people, um, especially when it comes to the church, because uh, the makeup of the church nowadays is is more so women than than men, mm -hmm. and you see a lot more women in church than you see men. So, um, I think it's important that our children see a positive male influence. Uh, that happens to be a Christian that goes to church yeah. uh, that, that tries to his best to live good moral values and, and, and be a, you know, a positive person. So, um, yeah, I can see that. I, I'm, I'm real interested in the, uh, the difference in the way that, cause you're, you're, you're at the, eldest into the millennial scale so we're still same generation mm -hmm. right like you're you're not you're not you're you're like very first millennial yep yeah <laughs> right there on the top <laughs> uh, but but the but the difference in the 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 way that you can casually engage in witnessing right versus what was you know a much more strict witness for you know uh previous generations like your grandfathers that would have been very strict and stringent, right? Because mm -hmm. this this conversation has been a real good example of that, right? The the witnessing has been intertwined throughout the conversation. It is simply an inherent part of your character, and it shines through in every word that comes out of your mouth. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to go out there and actively like state to somebody, "Here is my witness." Like you're living it. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> do, you, do you see that difference between generations in in that activity? I do, and that's that's how it's supposed to be. Uh, I, I do. Uh, growing up, um, being a Christian and, and and going to church was very legalistic, mm -hmm. uh, where it's like, here's this list of stuff you don't do, um, and here's the list which is way smaller of stuff that you can <laughs> <laughs> stuff that you that you can do. Make sure you live in this realm and, and not over here with the, the stuff you don't do. And um, I just think that's a terrible way to grow up um, yeah. to, you know, to just look around and see all the stuff that you can't do. And then you develop the, these, these feelings about the people that are doing the stuff mm -hmm. that you, you can't do, you know, and <laughs> it's just, it's no way to live, man. And I, I've learned that, you know, not to get churchy, but <laughs> we're, we're I, get a little churchy. No. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned, I've learned that instead of uh, being legalistic and, and then teaching rules and bylaws and and church structures, that we should be um, just leading people to a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. and it's it's just that simple. Um, we all have our own lives to live, and I, you know, growing up, um, I, not that this was pressed on me, but I I felt that um the the my my elders that I looked up to wanted me to be like them and it, that they probably didn't know any better you know they wanted me to be like them rather than just pointing me in the direction of God and let me be who God has called for me to be mm -hmm. um there's a huge difference and I think if <clears throat> you know if 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 nowadays being a Christian and being in the church we have to point people to God to the cross to to you know, to the Bible, so that they can learn to live this life that God has intended for them to live, mm -hmm. without without just sitting them down and saying, "Hey, this is what I did, and this is what you need to do." You know, mm -hmm. that's no way to that's no way to live. So, well, a shepherd doesn't shepherd with their staff, right? They don't just walk and smack a sheep into line. That's exactly. not exactly. <laughs> it's not how that works. You you work to simply corral 
and and let the the what's the right word here I'm looking for we'll just say flow right of of the flock go that direction and mm -hmm. you have to you actually have to walk that path I'm using all the all the all the spot on metaphors here right you have to <laughs> you have to walk the path right in order to get the sheep to to follow follow along and and that no that makes that makes complete sense that makes complete sense and it's it's refreshing right mm -hmm. and I and I hope that it that it spurs you know a a, a better you know, if nothing, you know, not 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 necessarily that there has to be a, a return uh, to religiosity, but but so much that people understand the the value in uh, the values of uh, religion anymore, mm -hmm. right? That it just feels like that's what we've got so far away from is the idea of well, live your life a good way, right? Understand that mistakes will happen and how you have to atone for those sins along the way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, people, people miss a lot of the the good stuff through the through the awful things. Yeah, that's true. What is it? And this is feel comfortable to be like I don't want to talk about this subject, but this is just something that spurs spurs in my mind. What what does it make you feel like when somebody uses Jesus's name not in the Jesus's name in vain, not in the sense that we think of cursing, but in the sense of like sacrilege, right? Where you know somebody goes out there and they say you know Jesus for president or something like that, where it's <laughs> It's very clearly misguided language aimed at power and not about, you know, salvation and grace. Um, well, I, I don't I don't think you, you should. <laughs> uh, so I, I get I get what you're saying. Um, and I, I think that um, we have to be careful, um, especially uh, being Christian. You have you have to be very careful with how uh, people perceive your actions and what you do. Because, um, <clears throat> you know, while I'm sure there are, are a lot of people that would love for Jesus to come down here and, and be president, I think he had a tough enough time being a savior. Like, yeah. uh, he, you know, he was in the garden weeping uh, and, and, and asking the father, you know, if, if this is something that you could take from me, please take it because I don't want to, you know, yeah. I'd rather not be crucified today. So, you know, I, I, I think that we have to we have to do better at uh, at letting Jesus be who he is mm -hmm. and uh, be who we're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, I think we love to to make excuses for the way life is instead of. Um, working to bring solutions to the table to make sure that, because I mean, Jesus for president is not an, a solution for the racism in the world. It's mm -hmm. not. It's not a solution for um, the hate that's in the world. Uh, the the Bible is very clear on the solution on that, and that's to have God's love in our hearts and show it through our lives and how we live. So. You know, trying to give Jesus another title is not going to help. <laughs> what's, what's going to help is being who you're supposed to be and 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 loving one another. So that's that is a that is a sermon title, if I if I have ever heard one. <laughs> giving Jesus another title is not going to help. Ah, that's good, Corey. That's good. I, well, Corey, I say, should should I be saying pastor? No, no, pastor? no, no. Okay, no, right. Corey's fine, man. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't like titles, man. I, I tell people all the time, just call me Corey, man. That's, that's who I am. So good. 
You can be Pastor Corey every now and then, but for the most part, just do it. No. <laughs> uh, that's cool. That's cool. What, um, I don't know, what, shucks, I got like five minutes to eat up here, man. We're like so close to that like hour mark that I like to be my sweet spot <laughs> on this podcast. And it's like, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm slipping just a just a little bit. I, what do you, what, do you, okay, this is, this has been a burner question like two or three times now in the past, like 10 interviews. I'm getting <laughs> awful with it. And now I'm going down too much of a rabbit hole, but like what, because you grew up having to, having to have your entire life revolve around the church. And now you're still pretty well ingrained in, in multiple church lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it seems like, is there, is there something that's a breakaway from any of this for you? Like, is there any sort of way that, that you, that you just step back and say, I can, I can, I I'm setting, I'm setting church aside for a six hour period of time. And I'm just going to play my video games today. That's Hey, there you go. Uh, well, one thing is I, I learned to, um, to be the church uh-huh. instead of, uh, be at church all the time, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, because, you know, growing up, it was all about the building. Um, but, you know, now I have the understanding that it's more so about the life you live and not, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, you know, outside of the building. So I keep those principles and I move forward and, and uh, you know, live life outside of the building. And the other thing is video games. I, I love my PlayStation. So <laughs> I, I, uh, and I think my middle child, Kirsten, I think she's kind of taken after that because she's, she's, when I'm on the PS5, she's on the Xbox in the other room uh, playing Roblox or something. So. Oh, Roblox. <laughs> yeah. Of course it's Roblox. You, you now at episode 44, I believe, have the first official mention of Roblox <laughs> on the podcast. But that is the, that is the most adult thing that we could have a conversation about right now. <laughs> that company is about to IPO for like $2 billion. Wow. Wow. Do you, do you get roped into spending money on the stuff for microtransactions? The kids like- absolutely not. I'll, we'll, for um, special occasions. Oh, it's your birthday? Okay, I'll get you one of those little Roblox cards. Uh-huh. And you could, but yeah, I know, no, way too much money. Not when you can still enjoy the same game without. For- Free. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like I, here's, I play Fortnite and I've never spent a dime perfect, perfect. on it myself. <laughs> the kids are a different story. Yeah. <laughs> They're still right, hovering between birthdays and Christmases and Fortnite in-game spins. We're sitting somewhere around 50 bucks, which for as much time as we've gotten on it, that's fine. That's, that's a yeah. round average pay per game <laughs> price now in terms of bed sheets and backpacks and yeah. There's another five hundred dollars, I'm sure, over the <laughs> lifespan of a. But that that that's a crazy industry now, and like I'm in that sweet spot, like you said, where, you know, it, games were thirty bucks, and then they became fifty, and now they're sixty or seventy, yeah. and now they're sixty or seventy. Initially, if you yeah. want to continue to enjoy them, you got to pay another fifty down the line. For the same game to unlock content that's probably already wrapped in the game somewhere, so it's 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 become a beast, but it's that doesn't surprise me at all about Roblox. I'm sure they're rich beyond belief. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is that is it. Well, now I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna have to be obligated to like, 
hey and that and that's like that's like the play date anymore these days it's like it's not it's not even meeting in person it's like hey our kids can swap roblox information Perfect, yes. that, so that that <laughs> happened i went to this was probably two years ago or so was going uh to something for and with my wife and we stopped in nashville to meet a friend and that friend had his daughter with him and his daughter and our kids are the same age and so like our walk away from that was we're roblox friends now <laughs> all right cool that's it yeah it's that's the equivalent funny. of like meeting somebody at a concert and forever having that one shared memory together now you just live in roblox together i don't know i'm i'm sitting here i'm getting too much on it i'm i'm just gonna stop the podcast that's okay. what i'm gonna do <laughs> episode 44 Corey cawthon uh candidate for district 95 school board uh, a lot of good reasons as to like the why, but also the how, and not a whole. You know, we we talked a lot about the some of the technical aspects with Kathy yesterday, uh, but today there was really like what is what is that core uh, motivator for for somebody? And I think that Corey gave a really good uh, example of what that core motivator may be. So again, episode forty four, uh, WTF Carbondale podcast, uh, and as I always say, have a good one, whatever that one may be.